everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory, my name's Jack. And my name's Colin, and Jack, we're continuing with the, the recent theme of having guests on the show today, aren't we? We've got another guest on. Aye, for sure. Uh, obviously, it was uh, last week we had uh, Barry from EastEnders, but this week we're going to a different shop, we're going to a Scottish shop, and we're speaking to Stephen Purden. Stephen, how you doing, mate? Not bad, how's yourself, boys? All good, yes, all good. Yeah, good, good stuff, good. aye, not bad at all. Thanks for having me on, cheers. I not a problem, mate. You're doing us a favour, to be honest. <laughs> Coming on, so um, I mentioned River City there, so we'll just start there. Tell you what, we'll just start there, and then we'll we'll move on because we mm-hmm. did sort of um, send you over notes mm-hmm. to give us an idea what you kind of wanted to speak about, and me this idea of speaking about sort of Scottish TV and that. But um, we're going to go into nostalgia, basically kids TV, the the good shit that everybody likes talking about. But Aye. River City, mate, how did how did you sort of How'd you get into that? How'd I get into that? Well, that was... <clears throat> God, man, that was like... I was at school, Smithycroft, I went to school in Ridley in the East End of Glasgow, and before River City, I'd done a couple of wee things here and there. It was just kind of... I always wanted to... When I left school, I didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do, because I'd done a few bits and bobs on, like, Rat Catcher and Sweet Sixteen. Then nothing else really materialised for that, and I went to college to be an HND in acting, but... When I went to college, to be honest, I just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't really for me. It doesn't help when I take like the first two weeks after on a boys' holiday to marry and my mates. Do you know what I mean? I get my dates mixed up. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, went, sure it. <laughs> <laughs> I went two weeks late, went in and we were all doing like woodwork and all that, uh, building sets for like plays and all that, and it just wasn't what I envisaged. Do you know what I mean? So I left and went back to work in my uncle's shop. He used to work in Cruise in the town and clothes shop. So he was a manager in there. So I got a job in there. And it was weird. I was ready to just drop out of college and I got a phone call from a casting director called Vicky Beatty, who had seen me in a play I'd done the year before with a theatre group I was in. And she basically just says, Do you want to come to the BBC in addition for, at that point, they were calling it just, it was just called Scottish Soap. It didn't have a name. Oh, right. <laughs> And I says, I ain't boss, she had the character's called Shell Suit Bob, and I thought she was at the wind-up, and I was like, what? Shell Suit Bob? So I look, because it was maybe just a character that comes in every now and again. So I went for the audition, same thing, but I'd been burned a few times in auditions, man. I was doing it the last two. It was between me and Martin Compton for Sweet 16, and it was right to the final day, and he got the part, and I didn't. The same thing happened with Ratcatcher a couple of years before that, so I thought, it's a hard game acting, do you know what I mean? So I went, audition, done it the final two again, Luckily, I got the part, so then I just basically said to my uncle and I said to the boys at college, like, well, I said to my uncle, going to keep my job because the contract was only for three months for River City, and buddy, 18 years later, I'm still there, so it's worked out all right. You know what I mean, yeah, I had a look at the, the cast list today for River City, and you are like the longest serving member of that cast now, you're pretty much the, the shield inch Ken Barlow. Yeah, did you envisage even for five minutes at the start that 2002 when you started you'd still be there in 2021 no mate not at all not at all it was kind of when I went there there was cast numbers like one two three four five whatever right up and I was cast number 28 and I didn't my character didn't have any family in the in Shield Inch didn't have any only one mate Deke and I came in now and again Deke. just to play with Deke basically just to do scenes with Deke and that was it. So when my three months was up, I kind of said to my uncle, right, I'll probably come back and work if once my contract's up. But he just kept renewing the contract and God, man, just it's still, to think it was that long ago, I, just, I still can't believe I've been there that long. It doesn't feel that amount of time, do you know what I mean? 
You did mention Ratcatcher there, mate. Uh, I was taking a wee look earlier on. <clears throat> Do you know what you are credited as? In that? <laughs> aye, mate. <it's> boy <laughs> on bike. Boy on bike. Aye, that's it, mate. Aye. Mate, it was, that, was a, that was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. I got, well, it was one of the worst experiences to begin with, because again, it was between me and Boggy Mede. It was a weird, it was a right weird one. I got offered the part of James, and then two days later, I got a phone call. My mom and dad got a phone call saying, we've went in a different direction, we've changed our mind, but... So I'm up the stair, pure greeting and all, pure gutted. I told everybody in school, I'm going to be in a film and all that, right? East End of Glasgow, pure thinking I'm Jack and Lad. I'm going to be in a movie and all that. <laughs> then they're like, no, we've changed our mind, but we still want to keep you on. So I was there for the full shoot. I think it was like six weeks, and I was there for the full six weeks. Basically, as a stand-in, when William was getting all his makeup done and costumes sorted, I was doing all the camera tests. So I don't know, subconsciously, I picked up some invaluable, I don't know, like how this I all works. Aye, that's where I got the bug when I left. When it finished, I was gutted, man. I was like, I loved doing that. I was going there every day, and it was so weird. They'd built a set just off Alexander Parade at the back of the old like, whiskey bond and all that, and it was like right across the tenants and all that, and... What an experience it was. But then after that, I'd done the same thing happened with Sweet 16, done the final two. I was just I was just unlucky, but then looking back, going, I was lucky, if you know what I mean, Brat. Aye. Truthfully, maybe you didn't get Martin Compton then. <laughs> Aye, mate, he's clat. I mean, I know. Is he all right? He's a cracking boy, man. I've known, I've known, obviously, Aye. I'm not pals or anything. We just mm-hmm. each other at different events in Glasgow. If he comes out here and like going to like the other Heroes Awards and all that, we've got one very thing that no one calling each other not I mean so it's kind of a bit of banter about that do you know what I mean he's a Celtic man I'm a Rangers man but it's like he's a nice boy cracking boy man he's down to earth every time I see him he's always the same way from when I first met him way back years ago in Sweet 16 so I every time I see him I think about two years ago at the Great Scott Awards or our heroes it was in the Hilton in the town we had a few beers ago and he's a, he's a cracking boy man I was just going to say I think when you come from Glasgow and you get a bit of fame it's, I think your feet do sort of stay in the ground because you're, if, unless you've been thrust into it from a very, very young age, your pals and that must keep you grounded because your pals and stuff growing up here wouldn't be, wouldn't be slow saying, listen, you're a dick grave yourself. Oh, don't act less. And I think that's, you don't get many Glasgow guys that get famous and become that kind of way, sometimes more to see down south and stuff like that. Of course, mate. There's been like, I mean, as I say, I grew up in Carntine, where it's school in Ridley in the East End of Glasgow and I've got my mate Tam, Bert, Del, Marcy, we are, we've all grew up together. We all went to primary school together, secondary school. And we're still best pals to this day. So, aye, if there's ever, I mean, if there was ever a time that was happening, my mates would just give me a slap and tell me to get a grip. And I mean, that's never going to happen. Like, I think there's been a few times in the past, like when I'm young, very young, like my mates, like, who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're all that stuff? But <laughs> no, where I'm fair, like, my family's the same, very working class family. My dad's a plumber. My mom's just a stay at home. Like my wife as well. My wife, me and her have been together for, this will be 20 years, me and my wife have been together this year. Mm-hmm. So we've been together longer in River City, do you know what I mean? So we've got two kids starting together, so we went to school together and stuff, and she's probably the main one. Her and my best mates have been the main ones. Never let you forget yourself, do you know what I mean? Which I wouldn't anyway. I keep you a little bit grounded. Like my missus, yeah. she, works, uh, she works in a place, I'm not going to name the place, but the River City rap party was there last right. year. Aye, aye. Eight times she met. Uh, your your colleagues, but she was got to do one there, mate. How come you couldn't make it, mate? That's I don't know, man. It's like there's a, there's a few, there's, like, there's a few myself, Jordan, Scott, 
we've all got young families, and I don't know where it's at, where it is, mate. I'm 37 now. Do you know the honest truth? I can't even be asking it. You just couldn't be bored with it. Aye. No, mate, no. I can't even. I'm not really. I'm like, don't know the older I've got, man. In my 20s, man, I was always out drinking, doing whatever, man. But now I'm just, I can't be bothered, man. When it finishes work, I want to go up the road, get the PlayStation on, I watch a box set or something. I mean, I can't even ask, man. Yeah, I think we can We can both certainly uh, relate to that, I think. Um, <laughs> obviously, you've been with your missus for 20 years or so. Um, uh, your character's a, a, he's a wee bit of a shagger and that he's been engaged five times um, I think you only get married once but he is a bit of a Darren Day character um, how how does that like this is probably a, a question actors get all the time but what is it like having sort of love interest in the show and having to do scenes and stuff like that is it awkward does your missus get annoyed how does it work no my missus she de- definitely doesn't get annoyed she's used to it like obviously she's been together that long but it's still strange to this day. It's like when you're doing a scene like that, if you're, if you're doing a scene where you need to, like, after another last scene, it's always weird because it's just no normal to go to your work and do that and <laughs> you've got about 20 guys in a room with you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, it's always bizarre, but I don't know, it's just, it's part of the job, mate. It's just something you do, do you know what I mean? And you don't even think twice about it when the scene's done. Director shouts cut, that's it. You don't think anything else, do you know what I mean? But, Obviously, with the pandemic hitting, there's no winching and no fighting or nothing now, do you know what I mean? So that's all been binding now, mate, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to ask you that as well. Obviously, you're used to being around TV sets, being a lot of theatre work and stuff like that as well. How's lockdown sort of impacted you? Because I know that obviously production stopped for a while and then mm-hmm. it's back, but there's loads and loads of rules and stuff. And you do notice that, like, me and my wife, I'm going to lose all credibility here. We watch Coronation Street, right? We love it. <laughs> and um, there is so many times when you watch it, though, and you think, right, that person should be hugging them now. Or Aye. something terrible's happened and he's just standing across the room and he's not going over Aye. to comfort her or whatever. It is very, very noticeable. So how's it been to kind of react to that? And is it a lot more difficult doing your day-to-day stuff? Aye, it's probably, it's a weird one. It's like, when we, but two weeks before we started back filming in August there, we had a weekend induction day. A few days went down and done a few camera tests as well. So myself and Jordan and Scott and Ian, I think, done a few camera tests. And it's your day's... It sounds weird, your day, you've got a lot less to shoot because you're only using one camera. You need to shoot everything about three, four, five times. You're only using one camera. But your day's so much longer, if you know what I mean. Like, you've not got as much to learn. You're not shooting as much, but your day is longer because we're used to shooting 16, 17 pages a day, so now you're only shooting, like, six or seven. So it's a big, big change because it's a lot more time-consuming. You've got... One camera, you're not allowed any more than two, eh, three people in a scene, three or four people in a scene. It's it's bizarre. It's like obviously I've been there since I've been nineteen, so to see something like this, it's really so, so different for me. Do you know what I mean? It reminds me of like working in Sweet Sixteen or something, like in a movie set. In a movie set, you'll tend to only shoot four or five pages a day, but wherever city you're working, you get two call sheets working simultaneously, so you're shooting. 16, 17 pages in the studio, 18, 19 pages in the back lot or exterior stuff, but that's not happening anymore. But it's hard doing a scene. I don't know. Sometimes your natural instinct, if you're having an argument with somebody in a scene, or there's some sort of sexual tension in a scene, you gravitate towards a person, your natural instincts will take you the way you normally would. But you can't do that. And you've got like these people on set, we call them COVID warriors that need to... Just stand and watch, make sure nobody even between takes is getting close to each other or whatever. So it's bizarre, but 
we're lucky to be working, mate, so I can't complain. Do you know what I mean? We're lucky to be out there still learning and still doing what we enjoy. Yeah. Did you have did you have quite a lot of theatre work and stuff that kind of fell by the way because of this? We did. We had the uh, what we're doing, the panto obviously was infected affected by it. Uh couldn't do the panto, which was bizarre. I've that's the first time I've not done panto in about 15, 16 years. So having a Christmas in the house was quite yeah. I enjoyed it. It was good. I bet you that I I drinking a lot, bought one of the beer machines and all that. It was great, <laughs> man. So not having to like wake up on Christmas Day and feel like I've been hot with a bus, but it was great. Uh maybe doing a show, the Rangers show was meant to begin back as well, rather than the Rangers. That was meant to happen in the pavilion. That didn't happen. So I just everybody, I mean theatres obviously there's a lot of theatres that might not come back for this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a really sad time for theatre and stuff, but again, we can't, until it's safe to do so, the doors aren't going to open until it's possible. Totally. I think it's a, it's pretty clear <laughs> that we are not like sort of a show biz journalists or whatever. I, I, I'll just be honest with you, mate, I've never watched Ever City. That's uh, all right, mate. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not my bag, but I, I sort of know you from the... Let's be honest, the Ranger side of things, you've been on the Heartland podcast um, with one of your pals, Gary, I think. You, aye, Gordon, aye. And Gary Morris, wasn't it? Aye. That's it, yeah, aye. for sure. So I sort of know you for that, and you, you obviously knew the um, football daft. Aye. How did how did you get involved? How did you get involved with that? Oh, mate, that was, honestly, man, that's right. Me and Grado are good pals, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we do pant together quite a lot. He was in River City for a wee while too. So me and him really we clicked and we got on really well together. Then one year you and Cameron was doing pant ways as well. So right. it was me and Ewan and Grado. And then Grado said, No, Ewan said, Right guys, why don't we get a wee podcast on the go? Do a football podcast. I was like, I'm totally up for it, mate. I totally up for it. So then I went uh tripped my missus to Aaron for the weekend, right? And I see stuff on Twitter and it's you and Grado and they're saying Fuck. coming soon coming soon big news coming soon so I'm like what are you two up to so I phone's Grado so I'm like, what are you up to mate and he's like eh no eh just eh none I'm like <laughs> you with you he's like ah well aye we're just in for some eating that I'm like what he's up to and I can hear you in the background you'll find out soon you'll find out soon so I'm like ah. right so about a week later Football Daft gets announced that it's launching. I'm like, you're a couple of bricks. Like, you me on. <laughs> bastard. Grado's like, oh, no, mate, I, I, I say to you, and I say to you. So we had a bit of a bust up, so I called the two of them out on it, right? I was like, look, Troops, if he's wanted to go and do it, and the boss man you're doing it for didn't they want me, at least have the boss to tell me, for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Don't. He's like, oh, no. So so that, we look, we look back and we laugh on it now. So then me and Grado were doing panto. You and obviously had to leave for personal reasons. Grado's like that to me. Hey. <laughs> but I date with so I get yourself to fuck. <laughs> so then obviously a week later I'm like, I need bother, I'll date then. So that was how I get into it, man. But it's good, it's a good laugh, I mean it's kinda it's a it's a big deal new podcast. There's so many of them. I mean, everybody in their granny's got a podcast now, haven't they? So it's kinda a weird one. But I enjoy it, mate. It's like it is football daft. I mean, it's no something you take serious, especially in the pandemic through Lockdown and that sitting in a house getting to talk to football players about football for an hour, you know what I mean? So it's right up my street, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's became a really important medium uh, during the lockdown and stuff like that because especially <laughs> stuff that you guys do, which is sort of replicating the chats folk would have in the pub and stuff like that, aye, which they're not aye, able to do aye. just now. And I think aye. a lot of people do get a lot of, not I thought I'd say comfort, but 
the stuff they're missing well, out on, it sort of recreates it, doesn't I, it? I, I, I mean, the amount of guys have that reply to me on Twitter or I bump into me when I'm out walking the dog and I walk, sometimes even when I'm walking the dog, I've got guys walking by going, I'm lost at you and now. <laughs> I mean, so it's all that kind of part, you know, so it's, mate, like you say, these times, I mean, we're all, we have three guys here, but guys are allowed to say, look, stuff like that gets me through, you know what I mean? It's fine to talk about, especially this day and age, 2021, a lot of guys suffer from mental health problems and all that, you know what I mean? It's a really, it's a, it's a horrible thing, so if you've got stuff like that that can get you through a day, then fair do, you know what I mean? That's what people do, you know what I mean? That's it, we've been doing, we've been doing it for, what, nearly four years now? Three and a half years or something. Yeah, three years. Yours were the first one. Hartman's the first one I listened to, man. I was, I was never really into podcasts as such. Mm-hmm. But Grado's obsessed with them, man. So, yeah. <clears throat> Heart and Hand, I remember I was going to be with my missus to a spa weekend or something. And I seen like Heart and Hand and I just just started listening to it and that was it, man. And then, before you know it, man, I mean, like, it's such a big, it's a big business now, podcasters. Like, Everybody's got one, do you know what I mean? Like he's celebrity, like big man, like Jamie Carragher. It's annoying, isn't it? When these these big celebrities start and they start with a million <laughs> people listening. Uh, Louis Farouk, people like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Uh, Steve, you know enough for you, no? Um, but <laughs> I, have you got any podcasts you listen to regularly? Any recommendations you'd give us? Mate, I'm obsessed with one called Talking Sopranos. Oh, 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 we used to do a Sopranos show. <laughs> no, we started the oh, Sopranos show. Uh, I saw a subject. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with the Sopranos. I mean, I've I've watched the Sopranos about must be about fucking twenty five times. That's an exaggeration, but it feels like that. You know what I mean, but then during lockdown, I was listening again, and I seen Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharap had done one, so I'm like, started listening to that. That got me watching that again because you're listening to that and watching at the same time. It's oh, mate, it's like sometimes I go to watch another box set and I just compare it to the Sopranos all the time. It's yeah. bad. I'm sure we've had a chat on Twitter before when you were talking about the Sopranos and I said it was top three and you were like, no, it's number one. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I probably did. Aye. I, MD says anything else is better and I'm like, no, it's not. But it's I mean, not. people oh, like is. The Wire not. The Wire's brilliant as well, but for me, the Sopranos is... For me, it's the it's the wire Mad Men and Sopranos as that top three. I remember that. Aye, and I Mad Men's Mad Men's that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mad Men's number one, and then the Wire and Sopranos kind of rotate at number two for me, man. That's but the Sopranos. I'm going to be honest. I might uh, Mad Men. I think I have seen some of it. I've no. A lot of people they say that though, Mad Men, but I've no. I I'm the same as you, mate. I watched the first season and chucked it. Can you enter? But Sopranos, I that's a uh, right up the top. I suppose that. The sort of gangster thing will maybe come out. I know that's obviously one of your, um, one of your go-to's. Aye. Right, we'll just um, batter into nostalgia, basically. Yes, <clears throat> so, like I said, we're going to speak about Scottish TV, but we're, we're not going to focus so much on that anymore. We're going to sort of just speak about what you enjoyed when you were young, and one of the things you said you remember as a child, obviously, um, same age as us, I think. 37. Uh, that's about a year. Yeah, so yeah, 30, 35 years. 37, 37, yeah. You've got that memory of one of the things you said was sort of Channel 4 during the summer. Mate, it was like <clears throat> I was never by the lucky man when I was younger, man. My mom back in the Ford Sky. Nah, I'm I, was, saying, man. I was always consultary, man, as they call it this day and age, you know what I mean? But <laughs> for some reason, like when it came now, remember like when your normal schedules really used to change, gradually change when it got closer to the summer. And you go, that's the summer holidays kicking in now. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, was that, I don't know, it was like Boy Meets World, was that like Save by the Bell, Erie, Indiana, all that kind of stuff was on Channel 4 in the morning. I remember some days when 
if you go back to normal, like normal things would be on, you go, fuck, I'm back to school. Aye, because we were, because Scotland's got different holidays. Aye, that was, aye. there was always a sink a little bit with the schedules, because they were based in England. a little bit. Aye. Aye. I used to love Channel 4, man, honestly, Channel 4 on the weekday mornings, my mom got for work, my dad and I'd always have an empty holiday, and I'd just sit and watch Sabre. And then even like, Later on, man, like when was it CITV and you'd have the hurricanes coming on and all that? Yeah. Remember the hurricanes? Ah, uh, you do Brazilian guy yeah. in everybody's boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's probably, let's be honest, there's probably some pretty problematic stereotypes in the cartoon <laughs> as we look back in the new, but uh, back in the day it was, it was fine, actually. Uh, you talk about Saved by the Bell now, what'd you call him? Just died, didn't he? Uh, screech. Died by Screech. Uh, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin Diamond. Diamond. I was going to say Dustin Johnson, that's a golfer, isn't it? He um, diagnosed his cancer three weeks ago and he was dead in three weeks. It's awful, man. But I think he, did, he, he had, lived a bit of life, didn't he? I think he had a good old time of it while he was here, did Screech? Aye, did he know? He had problems with the old law and order, didn't he? Did he, he was need? a bit of a stabber. I, think he, I don't know if he actually stabbed somebody, but he definitely pulled a knife out in a bar fight and got, I think he got stuck in jail for three months for it. Aye. Uh, or he got a four-month like brother as well? He did do Celebrity Big Brother once, you're right. Aye, did he, he did right? do it. Channel 4 Days, I think it was. Aye, I don't think aye. it lasted that long in it, actually. No, I don't think he did, man. Um, he did a porno as well. Stephen, uh, like, I don't imagine, what would you do if you got the call? If somebody phoned you up and said, you want to go into this Celebrity Big Brother thing? I, I, I kind of feel like you'd, you'd need nobody button or something, you know? Maybe in a wee bit of a rut, but... I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough one, and it? It's kind of... It's like selling your soul a wee bit, innit? It's kind of... It would do, do you know what? I'm not a dafty. See, if I wasn't working and things were wrong, I've got two young wains, man, and if the money was right, I would do it. But it's a weird one. It's, it's Then you've got they're all digging for shit when you know that, and they like, try to dig up stuff and all that out of your life. So I don't know, man, I don't know. It would need to be the right situation to do it. That's what John said. Yeah. Barry. Yeah, last week he's that basically why he done it. It was to, to pay a bill, you know what I mean, to pay a tax bill, and he's, he kind of said he wanted a bit of an experience, but I, I don't think that that would be a good experience to be honest. Locked in, locked in there, and you don't know what they're showing. On, on I'm too kind of paranoid about things, man. I would, mm. I'd have a couple of beers, wake up the next morning, and go. What were they showing last night? What was I saying? What was I? Do you know what I mean, I don't think I could deal with it, man. It would be being away from my phone, see, not having your phone, and not being oh. able to. That, I think I'd really struggle with that. I, I don't know how I'd cope with just not having my phone immediately next to me. Like me and Jack laugh because Jack doesn't have notifications turned on his phone. So I can, you can go off the wire sometimes for hours and hours and hours at a time. Whereas mine's is just constantly here all the time. Was mine. And so I couldn't cope mine. without it. But getting in there and just giving it up for eight weeks or however long it is, that, the thought of turning it on after that time, which, can you imagine what's going to come through? See, that's it. That's the thing. See, we're talking about the like, nostalgic telly and stuff. See, like when I think back to my childhood, watching all these programs, and it's the summertime, and then just going out kicking a ball. But it was great because you don't care about your phone. You didn't have phones. You wouldn't that's care right. about them like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the fucking air pressure <laughs> super soaker fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that, was it. <laughs> that was it. That was life. I remember. It's funny you said that because I seen that in the Hangy Centre. I remember me and my cousin years ago for one. For Christmas one year, I got a kind of pool table. Like, a, like one of the kind of ones you just fold up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Put it around the back. Me and my wee, bro- my wee cousin were like, right? He used to stay with me for, as another memory, like, you'd go and stay with your cousins for like three weeks at a time. <laughs> They'd come and stay with me, whatever. Yeah. 
sitting playing ISS International Superstar Soccer on the Nintendo 64 and then going like, right, we'll go out and play a game of snooker, a game of pool in the back. But then we got the Super Soakers out and we're soaking each other and we're carrying on. My dad comes out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> snooker table, pool table's just ruined, man. Ruined, oh, just swimming, do you know what I mean? But things like that, man, you don't care. Do you know what I mean? Nowadays, it's like you'd be on, on your mobile phone on Amazon buying a new one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we had the, I remember we had the Super Soaker with the backpack with the extra water tank on oh, the back. And you used, to know, snob, mate. <laughs> you used to know every house in the street that had an outdoor tap and you sneak into the garden <laughs> and up so you could top up while you were out and having to keep going back to the house. It was brilliant. Simple things in life, mate. They were great days, man. We ever used to just play with fucking melted tar on the pavement. <laughs> when it was a hot day, man. Aye, pure wait for it to dry so you can get a game of Kirby. That's it, mate. I loved a game of Kirby. Loved Kirby. Brilliant. I had a, I had a Charlotte a Hornets, Charlotte Hornets basketball that never saw a hoop but saw so many kerbs. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> it was good. When I'm walking, you get extra points. Throwing it at the motor. Aye, I throw it at the motor. Fantastic stuff. Aye. Great days, mate. Great days, but things are different now, man. It's all even during this lockdown, man. I'm looking at like my Wayne's. Man, I've got wee boys, five year old. My last is eight. But I just constantly want to play iPads and Nintendo Switches. That's all a day. But I'm I'm on about it. But then as soon as I've got any free time, well, I want to just sit on my phone and play PlayStation. So, for example, my setting. Do you know what I mean? It's just the world we're in, isn't it? Would you play any PlayStation? I'm not a big gamer, but I play it every night. FIFA or uh, I keep the new during this pandemic, man. I keep going back to the game that keeps on giving, man. Grand Theft Auto, just kind of it's just the online version. It's just like pound for pound the best game I think I've ever bought in my life because they just keep adding things to it all the time. You know what I mean? But out for the PlayStation 3, we played it on the PlayStation 4, now it's out in the PlayStation 5. Is it? Yeah, I got one, I pre ordered one, I was lucky and got it. Um, but to be honest, I've been playing FIFA on it, that's all I've really done with it is play FIFA and. It's just Aye. team of the years just finished, so I've been literally just opening packs for a week doing nothing with that. So FIFA is all right as well, man. It's probably the best game in all, but it's don't know. I think I need to get a PS5, but you can't get one for love no money. No, I can't get one anyway. No, it's crazy. I think there's a there's an issue with just even the chip they need. To, the company that makes the chips are struggling as well as Sony themselves. So people are really really struggling to get one. I think there's a lot of disappointed Christmases for people. But Aye. I seen the setup. Yours looks smart, man. I seen the way you had it all set up on Twitter, man. It was. Pretty nice, mate. Looks good. Man. So we've got, we've got in the in the house. At least my wife, Lisa, she's in charge of decorating where things go, how things look, and all that. Aye. But if it's electric, that's mine, and I get to do <laughs> yeah, that. I so, it, and that PlayStation, the PlayStation, I can't really go in a cabinet because it gets quite warm, so it needs to kind of sit out. So, we've got this big white ornament now in the living room. I don't actually like it, but it's <laughs> it's, it's there to stay, unfortunately. Mind you'll be coming in the man cave, man. That's what I've done in this garage, man. Just converted this. I just spend all my time in here, man, playing PlayStation. Oh, nice one. Yeah, good. It, man. You know a gamer, Jack, no? Uh, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Assassin's right. Creed is about the only game that I, I play. I don't... Um, no, I don't particularly like playing online. I right. don't know. It's just something about it. I've, I've never... Uh, nah, never. Never really yeah. meant it. Reading a few things today. I, re- I read this yesterday, actually. Um, scientists have taught spinach... To send emails, you read this. <laughs> I saw, <laughs> I saw the headline today, but I didn't read the story. I just dismissed Hello. it as nonsense. Spinach to say that, right? Aye, scientists have taught spinach to send emails. 
Fuck, fuck, some mad nanotechnology that they put in cabbages and spinach, and <laughs> when nutrients appear, like the spinach sends a fucking email to say, "What to say? I'm, I'm good to pick. Like, come pick me. I'm ready." Basically, aye. Basically, aye. And they think that they might be able to use it for like lang, uh, landmines and stuff like that. I'm telling you, man, you're looking like human soon, man. <laughs> don't need humans in about 20 years, man. You won't need us, man. No, certainly. No, it's, it's been funny, like, how quickly businesses have kind of adapted to work from home. So I work, I've worked from home every single day since March. I'm now forever work from home. Now. That won't change. But it was always a barrier that, no, we just, we're not set up for that in our business. You can't do that. And then suddenly Aye. you're able to. And it just, Aye. if you can do that so quickly, they can probably replace me with a robot eventually just as easily as well. It's... Spinach are sending emails, man. We're off it. <laughs> uh, if there's a cabbage, fucking put your Gmail on fucking speed down. Uh, fuck a, a pineapple driving an Uber. It's not that. That's it, right? For sure. Uh, where are we? We're going to kind of speak about the Wonder Years. There was always that rumor that he was, he was in it, but obviously, wasn't it? But he's been pulled up for being a bit of a uh, sexual pervert, basically, Aye. a bit of a beast. What kind of music do you like, mate? Do you, do you listen to a lot of music? I don't listen to a lot of music, to be honest, anymore. Yeah, hey, I've got a lot of music, but everything, man. From Oasis to Pink Floyd to Bob Dylan, Bob Marley, Beatles. Eclectic, then. Mm. Music, mate. Radiohead. Aye, everything, mate. I'm a bit of. Mate, that's like saying, man. Like when I was like thirteen, fourteen. Working in a wee news agent around the corner when I was 15, whatever, getting a wage. I was going to remember Avalanche Records in the tune. Oh, yeah. I would go there all the time, which that street's at Dundas Street or something just before Queen Street Station. I'd always go in there. First album, buying the Doors albums and that, the Doors, Jimi Hendrix, all that kind of stuff. So I've always been into music constantly, man. Music, movies, man, as a wee guy, that's all I wanted. So I wanted today was buy DVDs or buy CDs all the time. Did you, did you say you watched The Wonder Years, yeah? I watched the Wonder Years, mate. So, I watched did the you, Wonder Years. You know the the kind of basis was the narrator talking about he's talking about himself being Kevin when he was younger. Do you know who I, the narrator who the narrator is? I, I want to say I, but I don't think I do. The narrator is uh, one of the Wet Bandits in Home Alone. So you know, is it, is it, it's, it's not Joe Pesci. It's not Joe Pesci. It's the other one. Obviously, oh, um, that's Hank and Marvin. It is their names. Aye, so, aye, Marvin in the film. Hank Marv is the is the but I Marv is the narrator in the Wonder Years. Uh, I, I just heard that quite quite recently because I one of the things I watched in the background when I was working was season one of the Wonder Years uh, when I first because I just I've watched the Friday Saint Pet and just loads of stuff I've watched before I put on for a bit of background when I'm working. It's good though, Dean. That's what I've done a lot. I recognised the voice and googled it and I couldn't believe it was him. But aye, that's one of the white bandits. It's like eighty stuff, like when you I don't know, like watching like Stranger Things on Netflix and all that. It just brings back so much nostalgia. I feel like. Even me touches are like maybe stuff you'd seen in the Wonder Years or ET or stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Where I don't know, it's just great stuff, man. But Wonder Year, I make sure I've got one and all, mate. The <laughs> Stranger <laughs> Things gets that sort of 80s vibe amazing. Like the attention to detail they've got with the sets and the music. Fast. And I'm a big, big fan of it. I love Stranger Things. I think it's brilliant. So, so brilliant, good. Mate. Um, looking forward to season four. I think it's been delayed because of the pandemic and stuff like that. But even just like season three, that scene in the, the scene in the, Car when Dustin had to phone and sing the never ending story. It's oh, just, mate, it's class, it's just amazing. It's, it's so, so it's good. So good. It's, it's something brilliant. I could probably go back and watch again as well because it's, it's really, really, it's well done, man. And it's like you can tell the amount of money they've just flung at it as well, man. Yeah. It's, 
even that from is, season two to season yeah. three, the, the effects and all that have improved so much as well. You can see that it's done well. Um, the only thing I don't want, man, is they're getting older. I still want them to be like just, you know what I mean? Like, be Torags, you know what I mean? But they're just getting older now, man. Makes me feel old. Do you uh, know what I mean? Well, apparently, the plan, there was going to be five seasons, was the plan for it. And before the pandemic uh, happened, I think they talked about filming four and five back to back all in one go because of that very reason because they were all aging like Don, did you watch I Lost? Mean, did you, did you Lost? ever watch Lost? mate do you know something me and my wife were talking about this the other night we watched it and then we fucking gave up man but uh, we, it wasn't like we gave up I think we were I think we were moving house and we never went back to it just sort of fell away from it it's one of my biggest regrets not getting back to it uh, it's, it really is it's, it's one of my favourites it's amazing but with Walt and Lost he kind of struggled with that oh. because he became this like six foot guy after between seasons, and he was supposed to be this wee, same wee boy, so it's a dodgy I've thing. I've never had a problem, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> what I mean, growing uh, much, I was just always been the same, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> always been about fucking five foot one. You know what I mean? So it does the matter. Oh, it's not held you back. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that you kind of researched and looked up, Jack, was uh, some facts about Saved by the Bell, uh, especially some of these mad fan theories that are kicking about because some people oh. take that show mega serious, don't they? Oh. I, I, I wouldn't quite call it facts. I would call it screwballs on Reddit, basically <laughs> just making making shit up. But yeah, saved by the bell. So you get Zach Morris, obviously. The most common one is that uh, all four seasons is just his imagination. You heard this one, Stephen? I've heard that man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild, man. That's quite. I says that's quite a common one. But this is a new one on me, and it's uh, a prequel to Deadpool. Because Zach Morris and Deadpool uh, like to scheme, break the fourth wall, crack jokes, and have brunette girlfriends and like Mexican food. That's it, mate. That's it. You buy that? That is quite a stretch, aye. Because you like Mexican food, he is, what's his name? Wade Wade Wilson. Who comes up with this, man? It's like, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. That is wild. I don't get that, no. The. The other one as well um, that they put is it's an extension of the Beatles song A Day in the Life um, particularly the Paul McCartney bit where he describes rushing to get ready in the morning falling out of bed grabbing his hat and making the bus in seconds flat all sounds pretty similar to the Save by the Bell future. Woke up get out of bed check the comb aye does it so, check yourself a look to see the bus go by aye, aye. but it's kind of like you're thinking about Lennon McCartney songwriting in the theme tune to Save by the Bell, man, it's a kind of different league they're in together, really, isn't it? But oh, go away, man. They both have their place, I suppose, but ah, yeah, there's... <laughs> that's quite good. Um, one of the producers actually said this, that Screech grew up to be Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of see, it kind of looks like him, but we, we did mention Dustin Diamond, he just died the 1st of February Aye. there. So that's... that's tragic. That's, we'll get off the... Nostalgia, TV nostalgia, basically, Stephen. And what you kind of said that you get into the the hard stuff as a a young teenager. So, like, <laughs> you mentioned The Sopranos being your favourite TV show. Aye. What about films like The Godfather, Goodfellas, Aye. Casino stuff like that? Is that your sort of wheelhouse? Is that off your, your favourite genre, basically? I could play a part in the films, mate. I know them that well, man. Uh, I was kind of remember. When I was a wee, when I was younger, man, my dad would always be watching the telly down the stair. Remember, old school man, you'd have like somebody change their channel down the stair to change your channel in your room because you the, the sky, the, 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 dodgy, the magic eye. <laughs> so my dad was watching Goodfellas one night, 
And I used to, I, I'm still to this day the same, man. I'm not a great sleeper, man, right? I could always stay up late and all that. Don't know, insomniac, man. It's weird. I can't sleep a lot, right? So I was staying up at school the next day and I turned to tell him and my dad's channel hot him and he comes to Goodfellas and it's the first time I've ever seen Goodfellas. And I remember, my baby was like halfway through it. I remember just sitting watching it going, this is fucking quality. This is class. <laughs> and that was it. Ever since then, man, I've just been, as I said, man, when I was getting wages working in the news agents, going to bloody Avalanche Records, getting HMV, buying DVDs, it was all, it's just thought, it's mostly, my obsession became about De Niro more than anything. De Niro for me is just, still is, man, like, obviously, it's best days behind him, really, movie-wise and all that, but I was just obsessed with Robert De Niro as a wee guy, just growing up, just like, The Godfather Part 2, when I seen him in that, but the one that really got me is like Raging Bull, when I seen him in that, I was just like, this guy's phenomenal. At one point, there was a wee guy, when I seen Raging Bull, I didn't realise it was the same people. Like, when they put on all the weight, do you know what I mean? Then low stars, do you know what I mean? But it's like, and the guy's just, for me, I just love him, man. And I just, all the movies, it's weird that he, like The Godfather, Once Upon a Time in America, Casino, Goodfellas, A Bronx Tale, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, all your films are just all my kind of, that's my bag when I was a wee guy. It was a weird though when I was younger, man. Just <laughs> I don't think um, it's weird at all, like because they're they're absolutely fucking classics of the, the genre, basically. Aye. And you get obviously uh, Scorsese as a director aye. has made some fucking brilliant films. Francis for Coppola as well aye. made Definitely. some absolutely like, outstanding, timeless like, movies, mate. Exactly. Like we'll go to Goodfellas, right? The it's known as quite a obviously quite a violent movie. Do you know how many people died in it? Do you know something? Know that many? Aye, exactly. That's it, mate. It's only aye. five. Aye. It's only five. Aye. Uh, spider. Uh, Billy Bat, Spider, Joe Pesci gets killed in it. Sorry for everyone listening. I seen it. <laughs> <laughs> aye. So, aye. I've seen that. It's not that many, man. But it's kind of... That's the thing with that, man, with Scorsese and Goodfellas, like, the way he shows that. I don't know, as a young boy watching it, it's... It's beautiful, man. When you're older, you go, ah, it glamorises it so much. The first half of the movie, do you know what I mean? It's a whole classic. The life you want, the life a gangster wants, they crave the money, the kind of, the fucking the aura they've got about the place. But then the second half, man, when he's tripping and he's seen helicopters and all that, and the fear, do you know what I mean? The reality, it's horrible, the second half of the film, but it's amazing. Do you know what I mean? I love that side of it. It's got one, one of my... Does, is it Aye. doesn't really glorify it? See these, like... Capos like Paulie and stuff like that. He's just a let's be honest, a fucking bit of a sad old cunt who goes Aye. about bullying cunts. And Aye. I really thought that was one of the things about the Sopranos. It didn't it didn't really glamorise it. You know, you get films Aye. like Wolf of Wall Street and stuff like that, where it, it look there's cunts dishing about money and taking all sorts of drugs and like I say, it kinda I think glamorises it a bit. But Sopranos and Goodfellas, like you say, that second half is um absolutely Aye. fantastic. There was only, wait, wait, uh, I need to get this right. There was only 72 fucks in the script, and that went up to over 300 times, right? Yeah. So that, so that makes it the 12th most uh, F bomb laden film ever released with 2.05 fucks per minute. <laughs> right. There's a, there's a documentary called Fuck. Um, that's at number two, and that's got nine point two one fucks per minute. The Wolf of Wall Street, like I mentioned, there's got 3.16 fucks per minute. Do you know what's at number 12? Number 12, no. Yeah, uh, Sweet 16. 
That makes the list. Uh, I'm putting that in my CV, by the way. That's that <laughs> yeah, so on its number that, 12. I probably right. added a few fucks in. <laughs> uh, so it's and above Goodfellas, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It had 313 fucks and 20, fucks uh, and 20 cunts I'm, as well, which is probably that as well. I'm going to claim one cunt and five fucks. You're um, on Sweet 16, you're just billed as a mugger. Mm-hmm. That's the so it's boy on bike, mugger. Boy on bike, mugger. See me, I was, I was just, I was dipping my toe in the <laughs> whole showbiz thing, man. Do you know what I mean? Try. I was playing it all done, man. No, mugger, I it was that was a great experience, man. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was because Ken Loach, like it's not until I got a wee bit older and you go, wow, man, I worked with Ken Loach. Yeah. At that that's, point, you think, you think you know who Ken Loach is, but you've got a fucking clue. Do you know what I mean? I was only like seventeen or some sixteen, and I just looking back the way we turned up to film, and it's like usually you're kind of turned up to these things. You're, I'm dead OCD with running lines. I learn my lines. Call, I'm always need to know my lines. I, I hate going to work if I don't know one line. And so I've got, I must have still been like that when I went. Because I remember going on set to Sweet 16. And I was doing one of the scenes and we're doing a read-through. And the scene, he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, ah, forget that. Just forget all that. Just what, what, what would you say here? What would you do? What would you do? So that's probably where I flung in about five of the fucks that are in that list. <laughs> you know I mean, that's kind of... Because it's why the scenes. He's like, look, just what would you do? What would happen? Just and then it's all the fight happening and then constant heat on me and all that and we're chasing him up the coast and I'm sure he's a fucking psycho and all that stuff. So Ken Lodge was just it was just all men about keeping it authentic and no sticking so rigidly to the script. Do you know what I mean? He was quite laid back when they shot everything. He was, very, he was just very casual but very on it, if you know what I mean by that. Do you know what I mean? He knew what he wanted, but yeah. he just he didn't want you to feel restricted to just really stick to the script. Do you know what I mean? But it was an experience, man. Even auditioning for him was an experience because it's like one point when it was just me and Martin in the audition, the guy didn't even look. He just sat and looked out the window and listened to us. And then at the end, we finished. He just turned around, right? Cheers, thank you. It's, it's mental, man. Great See, guy. Yeah, I think the thing with Sweet Sixteen as well is that he he made it as gritty and as real as possible. Like he could have kind of changed the accents a little bit, made it a bit more <laughs> universal and accessible, right. but he chose to right. make it real and even so much they had to put subtitles into it, which I remember yeah. people in Scotland are pure disgusted with at the start, weren't they, <laughs> when it first came out? That's what subtitles. I say, man, if you try and make it more universal, man, I'd have been nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think no, I, know, have been I know, I don't think me and him would, no, but I, it's, I'm a great bit like, my wife's we're watching something called Marcella with Anna Friel, and then it's like the third season of that, and it's all set in Belfast. And you're like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna shoot something in Greenock or Glasgow or Belfast, there's no point. I mean, you want it to, you want it to touch a universal audience, obviously, but your main audience is going to be Glaswegians, whatever Scottish people watching it. So if you try and dilute that down a wee bit and try and make it something that's no it's going to stick out like a sore thumb it's not going to work yeah totally you, know I mean? you need to keep the it needs to be authentic you need to keep it real to where it's coming from and just hope it does hit a broader audience because like, things like Dairy Girls look at Dairy Girls it's massive do you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. on Netflix you know, it's massive but some people could easily turn around and say I struggle to understand that but they've no shying away from what they are you need to keep it real that's the way I believe things should be anyway do you know what I mean we both love yeah, that. We've, we've watched that recently, Dairy Girls, and it's proper good stuff, that. It's oh, proper good telly. Oh, it's great. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. 
There's all one Young Offenders. You seen that? It was a film. Oh, at first. oh that's classed, man. It's that's brilliant, man. Yeah, it's un- underrated. Like it I is. don't know how many people that have watched it, but it it's, is it is absolute bang on. That it's brilliant. It's really really good. That would be an, that would be one of my recommendations if you're looking for. It's funny as fuck, man. It really is. It's hilarious. It's hard that it was on Taskmaster, isn't it? That's in it. She's in Derry Girl, I? No, the one, the one for Taskmaster, the girl was pregnant in the last season. Is she not in that program? No. What's the no, What's either. the thing that she's in that's on on BBC Three? I thought that was the thing which she that she got famous. That was from. the first time I'd seen her on Taskmaster. I've never. Nah, it must be something else then. She wrote a comedy by herself. I kind of what's her name again? But anyway, no, it's no, it's no the Young Offenders. It, it was a film uh, where um, two young boys basically get on their bikes and run across the island to the town and find a big batch of cocaine. And then they've made it in a, I think it's three seasons now. I think it's three, But aye, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, another one of your favourite films, mate, The Godfather. I like The Godfather. It's just a, it's a wee bit slower, obviously, than the other ones. It's mm. more, 170 minutes they were actually thinking about putting a fucking a break in the film aye, so that aye, when it came out of the cinema you would aye. you would take a break but they eventually sort of decided against that mm-hmm. The Godfather the old question is like sequels any sequels better than the original what one do you prefer The Godfather I prefer Godfather? Godfather part 2 me and my mates argue about this all the time but I don't know I just again cause the needles in it probably I'm a bit more Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Biased that way, but I just think it's, I don't know. If somebody says to me to prefer the first one, that's fine. I, Mm. I love the first one. The first one's a classic as well, but... I again, mate, like I said earlier on, man, I was a bit of a weird though, man. I could sit in my room when I was a wee guy, 13, 14, sit and watch the Godfather 1 and 2, and my full day's gone, and then I go to bed. Do you know what I mean? That's what I was like when I was younger. And it's like the same way, like, once upon a time in America, that's touching on four hours, and I'd sit and watch it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could sit and watch it still to this day. But it's like, I remember my mogul is a VHS box set of the Godfather, right? It was just, and it was the Godfather, and it was in chronological order. Oh, so the way it was made, it started off, obviously, so when it starts, it's the old time, man, it's a way back in the old days when... De Niro, right, okay. When, I, when Vito was a young guy and it's De Niro playing him, do you know what I mean? So that's the way I, f- I used to always think the Godfather was, until then I got a wee bit older and seen, right, fuck, that was, that's the Godfather, that's, the f- that's part one, that's part two, but this, I wish I still had this, well, if I still had that, I couldn't watch it, I've not got a video recorder anymore, but it was amazing because it would start in the old days and go right up, do you know what I mean? Then, like everything else, man, when it comes to part three, I'm not keen. Do you know what I mean? I don't really like, I'm not, I didn't like the third one, to be fair. The first two are just two of my favourite films, man. There's a, there's a version of, any of them. 
I've not seen The Godfather at all. Um, it's one of these things that's became just a running oh, joke now that I've not seen I it. I don't know why I keep talking. I don't know why I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even. Yeah, fuck me. I'm going to keep saying I'm going to watch it. I don't know why I've put it off for so long. Um, it's I'm funny you said. I'm going to tweet you every day now. Right, okay. Um, it's funny you said that about watching it in the different chronological order. There's a version of Pulp Fiction which is shot in order as well. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that. Um, but it's got the film in proper chronological order and it's a bit of a head fuck the first time you see it even though you think it actually would make better sense um, but it's quite an interesting way of watching Pulp Fiction that's what my was well mate I've got like half of my man caves on my movie 40s and half Rangers but Pulp Fiction's on my boy as well. That's got to be on my list as well. That's one of my favourites of all time. Man. Yeah, I think Mentions the Nero being like one of your, your your main that you're right into. What about directors, mate? Like because obviously you've got Francis Ford Coppola who done The Godfather. Is there any director out there who, if he's releasing a film, you mentioned Ken Loach here, but is there anybody else that you kind of have to see a director's film? Because I was kind of like that with Quentin Tarantino for a while, but aye, back, so. but. It would probably be him, I it would be him or Scorsese, man, probably, but it's like, try to think, man. Wait, let me think, that's a good question, man. That is a good two. Because obviously there's fucking idiots like Michael Bay and stuff running about that are just making absolute turgid shit. So. Ah, that's not really, that's not my bag, man, definitely. Nah, it's like, it would be, like, even, I think to this day, man, like, Scorsese still, like, even, the, I mean, how many how many year olds have departed now? But still feels like a quite newish film. I'd take I guess about fifteen year old or something. Uh, in my head, it's still just not long out. Do you know what I mean? That I'm looking at going uh. like Scorsese kept. I don't know. It's like almost as if DiCaprio became his De Niro. I definitely. On the like departed and even like Shutter Island. What a movie that is, man! That's a great movie as it's well. And then I and and then. Was Scorsese the Wolf of Wall Street as well? I think he was, wasn't he? He was, uh, the yeah. Irishman as well. Aye, the Irishman as well. So it's, he just stole, as much as people is good, these legends keep going, Scorsese. And there's some young boys that come into my work at start and I'm like, ah, I've seen that Irishman, it's all right, man. Like, right, shut up. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? But you're going, right, it's maybe not his best movie and it is a bit of a slog watching it, but it's fucking class. Do you know what I mean? When you watch what he's doing, what, how he makes a camera move, he doesn't just move a camera for the sake of moving a camera. That camera motivates something that happens in fucking 10 seconds later on the scene, you know what I mean? So, stuff like that, you can't It'll be Scorsese for me. If he releases anything, I will go and watch it. I would agree. I'd agree with him. Uh, the other one that probably comes to talk as well, though, is Christopher Nolan. Christopher uh, Nolan's class. Bro. Oh, no, man. I'm fucking man. sick of him. I tried to watch that Tenant the other night. Oh, I enjoyed that. It's... Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like I feel like he done Nolan. that. What's that? Inse- he done Inception, didn't he? he did Inception. Well, Inception yeah. was all right, but Inception's good, man. Right, but me and my missus went out to we went to the pictures to see it, and it wasn't. This was probably when was Inception about eight years ago or something, nearly ten years ago or something. Yeah. But we went to Ashton Lane. Went to what's that one? Ashton the Grovner. All oh, right, with the sofas and stuff. Aye, so we went to the sofas and that. Our seat was up the back, so we went there. And but we went to a showcase first or something. We had a bottle of wine or dinner. We came out, we started a bit early, up to the loft, had a couple of drinks in there. Going to see a film at Inception when you're half bushed, man. I was sitting going, what the fuck am I watching? I'm going, Somewhere in my head I'm going, this is a good movie, but I've no idea what's going on, do you know what I mean? But he's 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 really good, Chris Nolan is, but... 
because the, the thing that really fucking annoys me about his films is there's always inconsequential characters that pop in and need to explain what's happening. Like, yeah. that, that, so this guy will pop in. It happened in Tenant as well, where this army fella came in and he started explaining about going fucking backwards and forward in time. He's not been in the film. He pops in, he explains it to you. It's the same as Inception, where you're getting told it's a dream inside a dream inside a dream. Like, I, I'm no film critic, but I feel like if you're sticking a film out there, the, the sh you shouldn't need to tell the the viewers what's happening. The, the film should just explain that to you. And Tenet was terrible. I turned it off halfway through, mate. I, I really thought it was garbage. Wani, the things with him, one of the, with Christopher Nolan, one of the best performances, and I'm not just saying it because the guy's no longer with us, man. In The Dark Knight, that film, for me, man, like, see, he I like the Batman. I like the Batman. I like the Batman. See, see that film, The Dark Knight, for me, I'm not really a pure superhero kind of guy. I'm not into a lot of that right. stuff, but that was like, I don't know, it's just, when you watch that film back, man, his performance is phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I think when you're, when you're the age we are, you've kind of grew up and you've seen a variety of different Jokers and Aye. cartoon Jokers. You've seen different film versions and stuff like that. And for him to com come in and just completely own that and... Oh. If I tell you, if I see the Joker at MD now, you think of him and him as play. That's that's the real Joker, and it was amazing. And I think it fucked his head quite a bit because he got so into it in a method acting kind of way. He was locking himself up and knocking out and keeping the makeup and all that on and the clothes on all the time and stuff. And it's a shame because he would have he would have went on to make even better films probably. Oh, definitely, mate. Definitely, it's like he did. They just, I think, when you look at it and you hear. I think there's a documentary as well, isn't there, about them? And it's like, it just absorbed them, didn't it? It just absolutely... But it comes across in camera, and you go, but you go, right, it comes across in camera, it's amazing, but it's a shame because it's fucking absorbed you that much, I don't know here anymore, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it's different. You see even with in Phoenix, man, it was class as well, Joker was brilliant. Yeah, it was good, totally different, but still good too. Aye, definitely, definitely. Talking about that method acting like that, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, he used to get... Uh, the family and Godfather to sit down for lunch and told them that the actors couldn't sort of break character and stuff like that. And that was to what he described as organically establish this sort of family roles that you would you would see in the film. How many directors do you work with on River City? Is it like do you work with multiple directors, mate? And the different directors obviously have sort of different styles and is there anything that you prefer doing or does no prefer doing, if you know what I mean? Uh, you get, obviously, in our work, there's no time to sit about and body do stuff like I start, that. Start doing the method acting, right? <laughs> you need to move quick. I've came across a few actors who will remain nameless who try to do like that in my work, and they're no longer there, do you know what I mean? But there's like, <laughs> I, there's, you'll get some directors, everybody's got their own opinion. Hmm. In my work, there's so many, so many actors in my work, hundreds of them, Lots of them like this director, that director. I like that one. I'll prefer working with that one. You've all got your favourites and your kind of ones you prefer working with, but you do get some directors who are more technical and they're more interested in will take their time setting up, trying to create the perfect shot, the perfect this and that, and then we come on and you just do it and that's it. And you do it and it's fine. But then you've got other actors that just want to sit with you and talk to you about your performance in this scene coming up, where your character's been, what he's been up to. So I kind of prefer that side of it where you'll sit with a director and he'll talk to you about the character. And it sounds a bit wanky, but that's what actors, that's what actors like in the day, you know what I mean? Like sit, talk about it a wee bit more. 
And that's kind of in my workflow. It's just a so fast paced, man. Well, it used to be, but still is, but not as fast paced as it was. But you need to get the main thing is getting the call sheet done. Do you know what I mean? Making sure you get all these scenes done. So there's not as much time to sit and talk about performances and all that. You know what I mean? Mentioned earlier on about the number of fucks in Sweet 16 and stuff like that, right? Obviously, you don't get to swear in Aye. River City, right? And it, it always does, whenever I watch the soaps, it always is a strange thing that the worst things in the world can be happening to people and the, the biggest fights and all that sort of stuff. Do you ever do scenes where you think, I really want to call this person a bastard? Or a swear word should really be happening here, but it doesn't. Um, I remember Hollyoaks did the Hollyoaks later series and they just all started swearing like, fuck. <laughs> and I'd love that, mate. I'd love that. It does, I think drama does miss it a little bit because sometimes real life you use a swear word. Oh, especially, you probably know what's doing this podcast with me, I swear quite a lot, mate, so it's kind of, <laughs> I, I would love that, I would love for, like, just have to see where you could do that, because it's, it's right, sometimes, like, there's some, there's a couple of things, was worked with years ago, where, when the camera's on me, say, the camera's on me, do you remember Alex Ferns that played, the, it was in East End? It was Trevor, was Trevor, uh, Trevor Morgan. He's now in Chernobyl and all that. Ah, aye, he's cock out. Aye, man. He's, aye, he's a stained brow, man. He's a cracking guy, but he's well, he's a great actor, man, right? And I was doing a scene with him, and he was threatening me in the scene. And he's got me, sorry, guys, I've just seen the score and I'm seeing the highlights of older that I'm not enjoying. You need to edit that about, mate. So. <laughs> no, we'll leave it in, don't you worry about it. Uh, i leave it in if you want, I'm fine with that. But he's like, he's doing a scene where he's grabbing me. He's holding me up against the thing, and the director's obviously says to him, right, to wind me up, because the camera's not on him, the camera's on me, he says, right, so to wind Stephen up, say something, swear to him, or do something. So he's threatening me about my missus. So we're ready to do the scene, grabs me by the throat. He's quite an intimidating guy, Alex, you know what I mean? Big guy, grabs me, push me, like, ah, if you don't if you don't fucking sort this out, I'll slit your fucking missus' throat wide open. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> so they kept going. And I was like, ah, Stuff like that, man, it's brilliant. I was like, a director, man, you're having a joke, yeah, but it's probably the best performance you've ever got in your life, you know what I mean? I was like, ah, fucking hell, man. But stuff like that, just to be allowed to do stuff like that would be great, mate. But not no chance in the old watershed time, you're up to eight o'clock at night, so there's no chance, man. No, unless you do like a special late night series yeah. with the gangsters. Yeah. Is it Lenny the gangsters? He's still in it. Aye, Lenny's still there, man. So he's a gangster, but he doesn't swear. That's the only to get him in swearing yeah. at night time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do it, mate. Love it, man. But no, no chance. Have you got any other goals you're hoping to achieve in terms of TV stuff you'd like to go on and do, or are you just quite happy doing what you're doing? Me, I'm, I'm happy. It's always in my game as an actor. You're always kind of want to. You're always keeping your ear open. You've got an agent trying to get your other stuff. When, but mate, I'm 37 now. Been working in this business most of my life. You know what I mean? So. They still just be doing it. It's an honour, do you know what I mean? And I'm lucky. I'm really lucky to be consistently working because not a lot of actors get consistent work. But if anything else comes up, goals, mate. As I say, just I've got a young family. I've got a wife just to keep working and do what I'm doing. Like I played Benny Lynch a couple of years ago. That was a good thing to do, like a challenge. I, I didn't need to do that, but I wanted to do it. When the guy gives the script, I thought I'll do it because as an actor, you always want to keep challenging yourself, especially if you're playing the same part all the time and you're in the same show all the time, which I love doing, but if there's going to be a challenge for me to do something else, I would take it on and test myself, do you know what I mean? Because you always want to push yourself because you can get too comfy and doing the same thing, and you want that buzz back where you can go, right, I'm playing something totally different, I want people to see me in a totally different light, so that's always 
a goal of goal if anything comes up I would do it do you know what I mean yeah you went under a bit of a transformation for that role as well didn't you the fitness wise and stuff to play that didn't you oh mate it was hard going man it's a Billy Nelson the boxing trainer he trained Ricky Burns and that and he's a friend a friend a friend I know so he says I'll come to the gym and we'll do a few sessions and that holy fuck man <laughs> I've never I was nearly waiting honestly on a regular basis like going there I stopped smoking, I was on the vape, <clears throat> I was vaping and then, no, I don't vape at all, so I've, I've worked out all right, you know what I mean, for that, but like, I don't know, mate, it's the hardest kind of training I've ever done in my life, it's like, just relentless, non-stop, so I was doing that three times a week, I was getting right into running and stuff and doing the boxing training, because it, it was one of the ones, getting back, talking about method acting and all that, I was going, <clears throat> no time into a wanker saying I was being a pure method actor, being Benny Lynch, but Folk are paying money to come and see me play Benny Lynch. I'm not going to get my fucking beer bear out when I need to take my tap off and be a scene. Yeah. I need to know what I'm doing. I've never boxed or anything in my life. So I say to Billy, look, just push me as much as you can push me. Show me how to do it. I wanted to have the right stance because I watched tons of videos and he was quite wee, like myself. So it was a challenge, mate, but it kind of took care of my life for about six months, you know what I mean? And I loved every minute of it, man. It was great. It was really, it was just totally out of my comfort zone and just absolutely testing myself and pushing yourself as much as you can it was a buzz to be honest yeah you see um, Christian Bale's quite bad for it and he his whole he, he, he drops like £100 and stuff like that to play different that characters the, and stuff the like fighter. that yeah the fighter was one in particular but he went so so Aye. thin and awful Aye. looking but that's proper respecting the your craft I suppose isn't it the machinist yeah. that's one as well Aye. Yeah. Aye, that's one. but then, he, but then he's I, Batman and he's huge it, man. Eh? then he's Batman and he's huge like know, a year mate, later mate. it's <clears throat> I can totally understand it, but like, if you wanted, if you're doing something like that, you want to, like when I got offered, when they sent me, the, the producer gave me the script and I read it, and as soon as I read it, because it's Benny Lynch, it's Scottish, it's a true story, such an iconic figure, like I thought, plus there's the whole dark side of his life and all, where, where the domestic abuse and all that, where he battered his missus and he had to drink really heavy, so they play that as well, it's an actor's dream man, to play parts like that where you can, you're becoming world champion, you're boxing, training, then you're becoming an alcoholic, barting your missus. It's not something you would normally get today. It's so much a different range in the one play, do you know what I mean? Is it reckon you've just knocked back straight out of the park like that? Oh, no, I'm not uh, more interested in that. Yeah. No, mate. No, I'm not that good. <laughs> 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 I was going to sit down and go, well, it was this time, but I'm not even going to lie, mate. No. He went crawling <laughs> back to Grado for that podcast. There's no way he's knocked something back. <laughs> exactly. I cannot... Should I drop my mic? I knocked that back for five minutes and then phoned him the right end. <laughs> He's like, I don't need you. I've got toll instead. That's a, that's a Aye, mate. Telling you in Scotland, especially as an actor, man, unless you're bloody Martin Compton, I mean, you're not going to be knocking much back. I mean, no, it's a, it's a very small sort of pool, isn't it? Compared yeah. to even just in England, there's so much more. Yeah, uh, even Grado Grado went down south and did, did, did something recently with an English accent and stuff, didn't he? What was it he was reason. in? Thing on ITV called Endeavour. Endeavour, that was it, yeah. He doesn't let me forget it, mate. Uh, I listen to him on your show and on Wrestling Daft as well. And oh, he's bonkers, see when he starts talking about TNA. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, he's, he, he's, he's one of my best pals. He is a good, good pal, man. He's like, honestly, but like, I've never met him like him, man. I don't know how he gets through a day, honestly. It's like he's. He's wild, man. He's wild. You should get him on this, honestly. Uh, you, you've you've ordered him and see if you can make him. Oh, my. Um, I'm doing the podcast. Getting that two doors down, which I quite enjoyed. Oh, I think yeah. that's not, not bad. That's um, good, man. That's good. 
literally they filmed that two doors didn't feel set in River City. Oh, is that where they do? He's um, is that, is that Dumbarton? Is that right? Are you aye, Dumbarton, Dumbarton, mate. Aye, no, Dumbarton, 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 Dumbarton. So, you mentioned uh, method acting when he was in River City, that was the, the most blatant method acting because he, he just played a big daft wrestler, uh, <laughs> called Buster. <laughs> and it, it was he was literally just being himself, but fair play to him. That's when I first met him, honestly. I mean, I couldn't believe when. Oh, I'd never met him like him, man. And he's, he's a lot better switched on now, but then he was just, he didn't really, he hadn't done much telly work and stuff, and it was the first thing he'd done. And oh, we laugh about it now, man, like just the way he was. He was brilliant. But he's a, he's a cracking guy, man. He's a good guy. Have you met him before? I've met him at, I've met him at iBooks a couple of times. Uh, I met him at Stephen Gerrard. He's been hand as well. Uh, yeah, he came on. He came on aye. one of the shows one time. I um, Gary and David. I, I come with Gary and David and did some stuff. Um, and I met him at Stephen Gerrard night as well. So aye. he's a good guy, man. He's a good laugh. I'll see him, man. Get him on definitely. That'd be good. Aye. We're not short of people to come on, so that'd be brilliant. Good mate. Good. <clears throat> anything like, else you want um, to add, Jack? Or anything? Like I like to do a wee quiz at the end, but I didn't do one this time. So I've literally just googled nineties TV quiz, and you're getting a quiz coming at you from the Metro, right, guys? Oh. Just, uh, rapid fire answers, right? Um, <laughs> oh shit, man! Caught me off guard, man. Right, go for it. Well, it's nineties TV. So, in which year did Friends start? Nineteen ninety-four. Ninety-four. That's right. Uh, Colin, uh, what was the name of the teenage murder victim who Twin Peaks was centered around? Oh fuck. Um, See, I thought that was 80s TV, but it might have been right at the beginning. I don't know, I'm not going to get it. Right, Laura Palmer. Wow. Stephen, um, what was the title of Ant and Dex parody version of Friends on SNTV Live? Oh. I know this. Oh, eh. Oh. Steal, maybe, mate. Uh, fuck. Muckers. Oh. Chums. Fuck. That's Chums, <laughs> Um, who starred as Bubble and Abfab, Colin? Oh, Bubble was... She didn't like the voice as well. Jane Horrocks. That's it, aye. Um, who are the title characters in the X-Files, Stephen? It's an easy one, I think. Muldon Scully. Muldon Scully, exactly. Uh, which animated TV series is famous for its opening credits? Couch gag, right, okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Now, here, man, fucking blame the Metro. The Simpsons. That's it. Yeah, Alan Partridge fan, Stephen, because I'm going to ask you a question about him now. I, but, I, I mean, I have I enjoy it when it's on, man, I, but go for it, go for it, just ask me. Uh, on what uh, Satego TV show did he make his first appearance? In Satego TV? Aha? No. Fuck it, no. Ah, oh, fuck. What was the name of the school in Shape of the Bell, Colin? Bellside? Oh, yeah, I'll give Bell- that Bayside. Bayside! Oh. Yeah. It's close. I'm quite happy with that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, according to the theme song, um, where was the fresh prince born and raised? Born... <laughs> Oh, fuck, I can hear it. Yeah. Mean that, me and my missus sing all the time, man, because it was only <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. Nicola! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! Back in my house. Oh, fuck, man, I can't hang I can, I can sing a song on it. It's uh, Philadelphia, isn't it? It's West Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, that's that. West Philadelphia, bro. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Bad, man. She, where's she? Nicola! <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, one or two more, and we'll wrap it up. Father Ted famously featured an episode in which he entered Eurovision. What was the name of their song? It was this me or this Stephen? Fuck, it doesn't really matter, mate. Who cares? It was, <laughs> it was called. Um, it was called My Lovely Horse, and it was written by the it Divine was. Comedy. Was it? Uh, yeah, it was called My Lovely Horse. That's it. Well, actually, it was my question. It was called My Lovely Horse. It was written <laughs> by and Robbie Coltrane was a criminal psychologist. And what TV drama? Cracker. Cracker. That's it. We'll wrap it up there. We one of the best performances for Robert Kelly in one of the episodes, man. Honestly, class. You fan it? I like. Ah, it was good, mate. I don't think. I don't think there's enough of that on the a lot these days, man. It was. It was quite close to the bone. A lot of the stuff. It's quite gritty, man. Yeah. Ah, it was good. Right, well, Stephen, thank you. One that close, not a clue. I think it was a draw. I think it was a draw. Um, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this seems silly because everybody will know you and doesn't know us. But if people want to hear your podcast, when's it out? Where can they find it? Uh, you can find it where you get all your podcasts basically on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. And it's out every Friday. Awesome. Football daft. Great. Thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Oh, anytime, guys. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Right, cheers guys and as always, thanks for listening. We will uh, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers.